and I was in my studio working and he called me and was like yeah it's not good mm. and I was like oh okay what well, like what's what's going on and he said I've got three months to live hello 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 welcome season two episode one we're back three month hiatus I'm feeling fired up I'm feeling excited it has been a roller coaster of a time wondering if I meant to do this but I talked to someone the other day that said just manifest and just do it and here I am doing it I just recorded an episode the other day did a new one today I'm sitting on five more ready to go six more and and I'm really excited season two is going to be very special um, season one is all about people grieving and and how they deal with their grief and what's going on and and season two is going to have that but as well as I've talked to a lot of people all around the world that have their hand in grief whether that is making urns or having their own podcast or having a grief Instagram or grief coaches you know I it's all there we're covering it all and I'm really excited because I feel like grief is something that we don't talk about death is something we don't talk about enough and I'm ready to change that and I'm ready to say yes let's do this and let's be part of the grief world today I talked to uh, my new friend Poppy she lives in London and aside from her full-time gig as an artist she also runs a Instagram an Instagram called the grief case where she has a large following of people that send her posts and writings and drawings and just a bunch of goodies that it's people's outlets expression of their grief and what they're going through and it's really cool to hear her story and it's really exciting to see what the future holds um, thank you for listening please 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 if you're grieving i hope this helps if you need anything, please reach out at the death of my. I just want to create a community full of people that are here to help each other and love each other and walk through this grief. So um, please enjoy the grief case. Hi, it's your dad. Just calling to say hi. Check it up and see how you're doing. I hope all is well. Everything's pretty much the same here. I'm doing okay. Love you. Yeah, hi. I'm so excited to do this for real. Um, especially because I don't know you or know anything about you, nor yeah. do you even live in the same part of the world. Which is am really I am I the first person outside of the US or have you spoken to people outside outside of North America, yes. Yes. Definitely. I had some Canada, I had some Mexico, but yeah. first, yeah, which is really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so would you mind just sharing your name, what you do, who you are, where you live, just all the goodies? Yeah. Um, so my name is Poppy. Um, I live in London in the UK. Um, I am 33 and I'm an illustrator and artist. Um, and I work in the grief space in my spare time. Uh, and I've been running 
the grief case on Instagram for about two years. And um, yeah, grief is kind of a new avenue that I'm kind of embracing in my in my life and kind of on social media and things like that. It's not my full-time job or anything like that. So um, it's kind of something that has kind of amazingly creeped up and kind of grown into a community, which is, is very exciting and much needed, I think. Yeah. I mean, just like you, I, I basically stumbled upon this world and all of a sudden I realized that we are just in this, community around the world like there are so many people that have their hands trying to say hey look like we need to talk about this it's not talked about enough it's crazy yeah um so what's your story how did you get in the grief world um I guess I I lost my dad um four years ago and um I would describe myself as a highly functioning grieving person. Sure. <laughs> um, in other words, denial yeah. <laughs> um, for many years. So I, I was at a very busy moment in my career that I was um, releasing a book and doing kind of working out front covers and book tours and things like this um, for my illustration work. Yeah. And my dad kind of died in the middle of, of all of that. And um, I guess it helped me to keep going being that busy. Mm. Um, and I know that sometimes people are like, oh, my God, how can you go back to work? Or how? And actually, there, there was something weirdly comforting in mm. being busy at a time where I feel if I if I had stopped, I don't know what that would have looked like and um and I think it's only now you know however many years later that I'm starting to um address my grief and and look it in the eye and acknowledge that something huge has happened to me yeah and um and I think it is very in our nature as um you know busy hard-working freelance people that we want to cope and we want to um we don't want to fall off the wagon like we want to succeed even yeah. in times of great stress and um even though I think it got me to a point it can't take you any further after a certain time because um your emotions kick in your body starts telling you to slow down and um there are physical effects of grief and you can only ignore them I think um for so long so um I I definitely had what I would call um like a breakdown probably a few a few years after my dad died um which was when I started to realize like okay you can't really pretend this thing didn't happen anymore could we talk a little bit more about when he passed that's okay like yeah um where were you how did it happen just kind of all that stuff so um my dad um in my mind he'd never been um like a very healthy person like I remember as a kid um he would always be smoking and I'd be like hiding the cigarettes Mm -hmm. or he'd always be drinking and I'd be like dad you know (laughs) 
I've seen all the adverts. It says this is bad for you. You know how kids have this kind of moral. Totally. <laughs> you know, they're always <laughs> telling off their parents. So um, I feel like I did have this understanding of mortality around my dad from quite a young age mm. because I maybe knew somewhere drinking and smoking and like I know that exercise is good for you but it doesn't you know all these kind of things that yeah. I guess a kid would kind of add up in their mind to like um health and longevity so I think I was always anxious about my dad mm. um and I guess what happened is he was he was a tough um you know old Scottish man who you know pain was not a thing you know you just you just really carried on you did not complain you kind of didn't really go to the doctor <laughs> so I guess after a while um the the impact of that I guess kind of um we found out that he had I think he'd had a stroke I think this is why, but he had like quite a few strokes, but didn't tell me about it. <laughs> he was just very private, very like, oh, don't make a big deal out of anything. And um, yeah. I think eventually he was hospitalized, and his wife called me um, and was like, "Look, he's in the hospital. They're quite worried about him, but I'll let you know. Um, you know, he'll give you a call tomorrow, just when we find out what's going on. But we're not sure the length that you will live without it." Yeah. Um, and he was just like don't tell me what to do I'm gonna <laughs> die on my own terms you know yeah. um, so am amazingly he kind of um, soldiered through in his own way which you know was its own kind of journey of, of me watching somebody choose how they wanted to die yeah and he wanted to just have pain relief and just do whatever was you know happening to his body so um yeah it was quite um at the time for me and um he had a new family so he had a wife and um my sister at the time was eight mm. my half sister so I do think it was quite a wild choice to kind of say I don't want medication I think mm -hmm. I think people were like why not <laughs> um <laughs> But I, I don't know if it, if it contributed to him living longer. I, I won't know. But um, it was definitely, he seemed very happy with his choice and his quality of life. Um, uh, I think he'd seen a lot of people die um, from chemotherapy. And I think he just got spooked by yeah. it. I think, I think he just went, that is not for me. That is mm -hmm. not how I'm going to go. Um, and... I just think that's really brave. There's something very brave to like reclaim how you're going to die because hospitals kind of tell you how you're going to die. And he was like, no, no, <laughs> I can do it like this. Yeah. Do you feel like over that, over those two years, your relationship has kind of healed and got better in any way or to put any tension on it? I think um, everything felt a lot more significant, if that mm. makes sense, which sure. I do actually think that is slightly a weight that you're carrying. So we always thought the the birthday was maybe the last birthday or yeah. that um, Christmas was going to be the last Christmas that we'd all spend together. Or um, So everything felt like it a bit had to be perfect. And I maybe wish that we'd done a bit more just like, you know, hanging out and watching telly and 
it not feeling so precious because when yeah. when everything's so precious it doesn't feel as it just feels a bit more tense I think mm -hmm. so much hope like there was so much what if he gets better or like what if he just keeps living like this forever you know because we just didn't know a timeline yeah. it he could have died at any point so I think the um tension of when will he die um I I do think that was like a stressor in those two years um for his family and his friends was um he seems to be okay he seems to keep going but um we didn't quite know so yeah. I feel like you could be anticipating a call at any time yeah I guess there's sure. just kind of like a little stress 24 7 yeah and I'm someone who likes to prepare for everything <laughs> I was almost like um imagining that call all the yeah. time but I wasn't in shock if I did get it yeah so like I was almost living in a more tense state that that I actually I should have just been like what will be will be yeah. enjoy but it's very hard to tell yourself that um in at a time where yeah it is it is very full of emotion I guess yeah stressful so over the next two years mm. you're busy you're working you're hustling and then you kind of have a breakdown I I would say the breakdown comes after so I would say my dad dies yeah and I've probably got two years of the hustling yeah. and then down so yeah I feel like I don't know if I did a lot of grieving during the years when he was alive. Yeah. It was definitely a lot of like, okay, my dad's going to die. My dad's going to die. Get in the zone. Yeah. Get ready, get ready. Okay. Learn about grieving. Um, you know, read some books. Um, so I don't know if like the hyper preparation was part of the hyper denial after it <laughs> happened. It was very, very extreme. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the breakdown was actually after the the death rather in um, the run up to it. Yeah. In that breakdown, you. Mm. The beauty of that came out is this Instagram. Yeah. How did you get into that world from a breakdown into this? Yeah, I guess, you know, they say hopefully breakdowns lead to breakthroughs. And I think that was for me realizing that I needed help, um, realizing that I needed to acknowledge because I wanted to just be like everyone else. I wanted to just be on that level of innocence that I feel yeah. that people who aren't grieving or the pre-bereaved or whatever we call them, <laughs> the normals, yeah. um, uh, I wanted to, I so wanted to, I think we have that in life anyway. You want to be accepted. You want to join in. So I feel like I was maybe denying something that, that made me different, but it also was denying a huge experience that is going to be part of my journey going forward as an adult. Um, yeah. I, when I think about older people that have experienced a lot of loss, um, you know, this is only something not to be depressing but that is going to keep happening yeah. <laughs> but it's the first one when it's um when it really hits you you almost feel like you're in this surreal 
horror film that you Mm. want to wake up from and I think it's once I realized that I'm not going to wake up from this so how can I work with what I've got yeah (laughs) and um you know that was that was when I realized I needed to talk to people about it I needed to share with friends and family and I knew people that had lost parents but I'd never really reached out to them and I thought maybe this is the time, you know, to um, share my story with other people and go into therapy. And there was a few things in my work that I had to do a few things like, I feel like in the breakdown as well, I just lost all my confidence. Mm. Because once I acknowledged that there was something wrong that I'd been denying, it all kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. So I suddenly thought, am I talented? Is my relationship good? Like I just started to question everything everything that I feel. I'm not sure if it's specific to the death of of a parent. Um, I'm sure if you lost a partner or a child, it would, it would have that thing, but something that has supported you and given you an identity for so long. um, When that person is no longer there, I feel like there is a huge questioning of, um, of where you stand without that person and um you know my dad was like a total icon in my eyes and Mm. like a hero to me in so many ways and um when that's gone I just felt I just yeah I had that feeling who am I yeah um so I kind of had to get that part of me the hustler mentality that I have with my work I had to put it towards my mental health and my well-being mm. and okay what what do people do to talk about grief and express grief and how can I build that into my um into my life in some way so it started with meetups um where I invited friends to my house that were bereaved <laughs> that had lost somebody and I was like guys we're gonna talk about it yeah um, and that's that's how it started basically and the instagram started as um my dad was a poet and a writer and mm-hmm. i asked them to bring either poems that they'd written or stuff that they'd found um that described how they felt in their grief mm-hmm. because i thought that might be a nice way to start talking without just being like so right <laughs> how is the worst thing that's ever happened to you how's that going right um, I wanted to use it as a bit of a stepping stone to kind of um, for us to open up to each other because we'd never we'd never had this conversation really Um, and the Instagram started as me sharing those poems and um, those bits of writing um, from those first meetings which um, were in my house maybe for the first four months and then we found a venue and then people I didn't know started coming and they started bringing their friends. And um, yeah, it expanded to monthly meetups where we would share the writing and the things that people were bringing and the imagery um, on the Instagram. And then from there, people that didn't attend the meetings were like, wow, this is so helpful. Thank you for sharing your writing. It's, it, you know, it resonates with me and yeah. um from there we've started accepting submissions and and it's kind of grown it's grown kind of organically from there Mm, how cool yeah 
how do you feel, I guess this might be more for me too, but how do you feel doing all this work, running a social media account on grief, but that's not paying your bills? How do I feel about that? Yeah, <laughs> I, um, I, there's a weird drive inside of me yeah. that I feel I have to do this. And I don't know if it's purely selfish because it really heals me to um, know that I'm not alone in my grief. And um, it really comforts me to know that I'm creating a resource for people that have maybe also felt really alone. So I have this weird drive, obviously, that, yeah, it, it's taking up a lot of my time. But I feel like I would kind of do it. I can't not do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it's like it feels really important yeah and you... uh, yeah I feel like it's very much part of my my journey and my way of accepting I've been through something and other people yeah. have thing and um I guess it's about managing time and you know <laughs> not getting to, I definitely am very obsessive so I get very absorbed in things very easily and I think sure. oh that's amazing oh my God, that could look really, you know, I start going into like art director, editor, mind frame um, and get very excited about things. But um, yeah. I don't, it, it just feels very visceral and very important and yeah. it doesn't make it like a chore for me. It just feels very natural. But um, mm. when I speak to other people who have kind of grief-based Instagrams and stuff, it's, not that it's an obsession, but it's like, we can't stop. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and maybe in the future, it might be something that um, is monetized in some way or um, that we could work with a partner or something. I mean, I would love that. But yeah. um, I guess, again, if we think about self-care and what's possible and what's not possible, it's, it's just working on, um, you know, how can I let this fit into my life rather than take over my life and yeah. I still have to do my day job and things like that so um it's a balance I guess yeah well that's very encouraging to me because I did a full run of this podcast and then I stopped for three months because I just got too burnt out I couldn't you know what I mean just yeah. trying to stay on top of it all but just even hearing you say that is encouraging. So thank you. Yeah, good. Um, do you do you feel like the Instagram has helped your grief? Like, do you feel like you're able to process it through it? I think um, just hearing what other people have been through, mm -hmm. and um, I know there's no hierarchy in grief. You know, we talk about. Um, grief is that person's experience and just because somebody's lost someone in a different way you shouldn't think oh that's worse than me or that but I can't help but think actually I was really lucky because I had an expected loss yeah. um, which is different to a traumatic loss um, you know it's different when I hear a lot of other stories you know they can be very extreme they can be people that have um, had accidents or people that have been murdered or people that have died by accident and um you know that that is tied up in such a traumatic experience and memory and I mean there's a lot written about traumatic loss yeah. um 
being something that literally does stay with you longer um, than than expected loss in a kind of deeper way that takes longer to work on right Mm -hmm. so even though for me at the time like losing my dad felt like the worst thing in the world and it and it still is the the hardest thing I've been through yeah I feel like I'm not alone in that feeling yeah and actually I I got to sit by his bedside and I got to play him his favorite music and speak to him and um there was a lot of healing in my experience of of dad dying because um like I got to record our conversations when we were in the hospital because I knew it might be the last time that we spoke and so I think I was very I would knowing that I was very lucky because now I know other people haven't had that experience and um I wouldn't know that unless I'd asked to hear about other people's experiences because we can get very absorbed in this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me right which it is but as soon as you open your mind you realize that you're not the only person who's had that feeling and and for me that was very comforting totally absolutely I am right there with you just hearing people's stories and my dad died just he fell and hit his head died super quick super sudden super sad and then I start Mm -hmm. talking to people and I'm like oh he died in your arms or oh you saw this you know what I mean I'm like good god like what happened to me is tragic and awful but that really sucks too (laughs) this and we're not talking about it that's what's so crazy (laughs) is that we just internalize all these terrible things I'm like like I'm watching movies or tv shows and it's like even through acting they're like talking about I'm thinking of this movie walk the line about Johnny Cash's life and how he lost his brother and how he just you can watch him in the screen internalizing it because that's how normal it is it's just like you don't talk about it and so I'm just so grateful that you decided to use your creativity and what you do and step out and now you're helping people literally all around the world which is so crazy yeah thank you so thank you and thank you for taking the time to share and to be a part of this and um the whole idea of this podcast is just to you know hear people's stories and their journeys and hopefully someone listening could just relate in some sort of way and find comfort and some sort of healing so thank you so much pleasure thank you so much for having me and i i hope that um people who haven't heard your podcast get to hear it and Mm. people who haven't found out about the grief case get to hear about it so we can kind of share through that I almost forgot how can they find your Instagram how can they do all this stuff (laughs) on Instagram we are at the grief case um and at the moment we're just on Instagram which I'm quite enjoying because I it's pretty intimate and um you know it hasn't spread out in a bigger way yet so um keep your eyes peeled um as I think I'm going to try and make a website and see how we get submissions that way and we're sharing people's stories so if anybody is interested in sending any writing or drawings over to us that would be great Mm, I love it well thank you so much pleasure thank (laughs) you And we are back, baby. Hey. Better than ever.
Yeah? Yeah. To be honest, you could say that you're not feeling the hottest right now. No, I'm not. You don't feel well. But we're doing it. Thank you for doing this. Here I am. Here you are. How we, are you? You know, I am okay. Yesterday, I went to my dad's spot. Mm-hmm. Cemetery, tombstone, gravestone spot. And it's just sad. You know, oh, we haven't done one of these since... We haven't done one of these since June, July, something mm-hmm. like that. And we are in the middle of October. Um, my birthday was last week or week before, and I was sad on my birthday. Yeah. I was sad. Um, you had so generously sent me a voicemail. This is serious. Like, I think what you did was very nice and thoughtful. You sent me a voicemail that my dad left me for a birthday message like a few years ago. And you were like, this would be good for him to listen. And I think it just made me sad because maybe I didn't think about him for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like I wasn't like trying to think. I don't. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Well, in my mind, I, I had just noticed that you... Not that you weren't sad anymore, but you were just able to kind of deal with your life more, it seemed like. Yeah. Like, you were moving forward a bit, like, easier, if that makes sense. Yeah. So then I was like, well, it's your birthday. Like, I know you're going to be thinking about your dad anyways at some point. So I was just like, here he is on a voicemail wishing you a happy birthday. Like, if you want to listen to it, it's here. And, like, I meant to send it to you via email well, like, I knew no one would be home, right. so, like, then you could make the decision on your own. Right. And I think what's funny, and, and this is for anyone that is listening, is that grief, it just kind of sneaks up on you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's still a journey. It's just, it's not cookie cutter. It's, like, such a thoughtful idea and something I didn't even think about. And then, but what happens is it just kind of, like, oh, shoot. You know, it kind of throws you in this, like, mood yeah and then i felt like i ruined your birthday but you didn't (laughs) and that's not it what you did was very nice it just like i that's what grief does it just plays with you and you know like if you sent it to me today i'm sure i'd be totally fine and love it you know Mm. but i think it just sometimes is just kind of crazy yeah i guess it's been a year and a half or a year and four months since he died something like that Mm mm-hmm And it's been crazy, you know, like being able to do this podcast and being able to have you chat with me afterwards about each episode. And it's been healing. It's been rewarding. It's been cool. Mm -hmm. It's been cool to know that I haven't posted anything for months or new episodes. And I still see people are listening to it around the world. Yeah. We were just charting in Germany. Uh, People are messaging me all the time saying how impactful it is or you know whatever it is and it's Mm -hmm. just it's just cool to create a space that is like people accept it and people want to be a part of it and i just this episode is post i just did an episode with the grief case Mm -hmm. um and that's an instagram with this girl named poppy and she 
did the exact same thing, wanted to create a space. And she had, I mean, she talks about this in this episode, but she has basically started a grief group at mm-hmm. her house and it kind of grew and grew. And then she started an Instagram and then it kind of became a worldwide thing. And now she has a bunch of followers that follow and, and she just posts what people have sent her, whether it's drawings or poems or, and it's just a creative outlet to express people's griefs and grief. And I just think that it's just very special. Like, we're all a part of this world that no one knew exists unless you're in the grief world, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just been very special. I'm excited for the rest of this podcast. Um, y- we have a lot of episodes lined up that people have said yes and putting their hand up to help, you know, being in the grief world. And this is just the first episode and, you know, there's so much more to come with this podcast. And So what's season two all about? Yeah, season two is or season one is about talking to people that are grieving talking to people that have lost someone and where they're at now Mm -hmm. and now season two is going to be that but plus the addition of talking to people that death doulas or people that run instagrams or have their own grief podcast or make urns or you know what i mean like yeah they are in the grief world in some way and making an impact in the world and and this is season two, and I'm excited to see what happens with this. I don't know how many episodes, but I'm fired up. I'm excited. Nice. Yeah. Welcome back. Thank you. I feel like this is really exciting, and who knows what's going to happen? You know? No one knows. Does but anyone ever know? No. But if you're listening still, thank you, and thank you for being a part of this and just letting me be an outlet let letting me have a creative outlet and i think that's the biggest thing that i'm pushing for is just let me grieve how i want to grieve and this is how i'm going to grieve i'm not going to box myself in and say it needs to be this cookie cutter thing i'm just it's going to be loosey-goosey but no one's put that on you but yourself correct yeah no one's not like people are messaging you like what are you doing? No, not at all. <laughs> Everyone like that does message you is super supportive of yeah. what you are creating. So yeah. it's like you've created a space for yourself to heal, but you're also allowing other people to heal in the process. Yeah. And that's really special. So thank you. Cheers. Can't wait till the next episode. Love you. Love you. Season Good two. night. Good night. <laughs>